Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What is up? Good evening, all of you rockers, rockettes, and everything in between. You have joined us for a new live edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. And you know what that means? That means it's time to rank an album that we have completed on our journey. And uh, this time, tonight, we discuss the, uh, I don't know if it's infamous or if it's just famous, but it's an album by the mighty Van Halen called OU812 of the Sammy Hagar era. And now that I've said that, we're going to lose half the audience. And that's okay. It's fine. We'll we'll press on forward. I am your co-host, Mark Kamire, with me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, it is a, a stacked lineup for the evening, wouldn't you say? Boy, is it ever. Look at this great uh, group of guests we have going on here. We have the Chazatar uh, making his uh, debut here tonight. He's going on the road uh, here in 2026, a full year before the Kiss avatars are going on the road. So you can go see the Chazatar. <laughs> He'll be doing uh, regarding Roger Waters live uh, all across oh. North America. So go check that uh, or don't. You'd be better off uh, or, or regarding Lulu for, for that fucking matter. But we've got a murderer's row here. Uh, it's, it's Eddie Van Halen's birthday. Uh, we're not going to talk about David Lee Roth and all the bullshit he's been talking this week. We're here to be positive tonight. We're going to talk about yeah. OU812 and already a couple of comments in the chat are like probably uh, Van Halen's worst record with Sammy. Well, you know, there's some good stuff on here. We're going to listen to them all. And we had all of our patrons and special guests rank each song on here. So we're going to find out 10 to 1 what our official show rankings are for OU812. Absolutely. So uh, why not give a, a, a little uh, roundabout intro to who we have joining us on the panel tonight? Oh, I get to do that. Yeah, you get to do it. Oh, geez, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I know, we, we got some assholes. No, we got okay. Let's let's go uh, from uh, from Mark shot here. Let's let's move our way uh, to the left. We got Heath McCoy, Ryan Powell, Scott Monroe, Michael Griffith, the Chazatar, Chaz Charles, the legendary Eric Senich, Michael Triplett, Jeff Brewer has finally made his way onto a call here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Good to see you, Jeff. Uh, the illustrious Kevin Brown and Scott Everett uh, taking the uh, top corner here on our uh, Hollywood Squares of Van Halen fans. So that's the panel for tonight here. Hell yeah. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you all doing this evening? And everyone shout your answers all at the same time. Hey, we're doing hey, great. Yeah. Awesome. I love it when they understood the assignment. That's great. It. It's good stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's a few of you that are uh, eagerly awaited or have been eagerly awaiting this particular live show. And there's probably a few of you out there that go, oh, why did it have to be this one? Uh, and we're going to find out who you are. And that's uh, that's perfectly okay this is a safe space but yeah every as Corey said already people are down and out on ou812 but uh i am not one of them uh but i am very curious to see how my personal ranking list stacks up to the rest of you because i guarantee you uh my list at least will will have you scratching some heads but that's why we do this that's why we try to explore uh where we're at in this musical journey so 
Where do we go from here, Corey? Why don't we go around the horn and just get some general, uh, you know, memories of, of OU812. Of course, this, this came right. out in uh, 1988, so Kevin Brown would have been about 40 uh, back then. <laughs> so I'm sure he's got some fond memories of this one. Let's start with you, Kev. Uh, what was your uh, intro to uh, OU812? Yeah, one of the first albums really I got into, because I got into Van Halen in, this, in the Sammy era. Um, 5150 and OU812 were the first two albums that I really listened to. And being a little nerdy, zitty, keyboard-playing geek at school when I was that age, this album really appealed to me because there's plenty of keyboard on it, right? Um, and it still held, like, I still like a lot of the songs, and I think it's a good record. I, I would say it might be the weakest of the Sam era, and I'd be okay saying that, but I don't think it's a bad record. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what everyone else thinks. Oh, we've already got a, a question here. Uh, what's Kevin drinking, Tom wants to know? Water. Water, I'm off that's the right. booze. I'm off the booze for 2024, boys. Right. So he's going to be a lot less entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Corey and I will make it up for you. That's right, Kevin. I guess we're never going to go for that beer. We still can. You can just drink beer, and I'll drink water. It's easy. All right, <laughs> it's all good. I'll he'll still have you a, uh, He'll have a mocktail. That's right. Those are nice. Here's little Kevin with his Roy Rogers enjoying the evening. Let's go down to Scott Everett. <laughs> Scott, uh, your uh, introduction to OUA one two, sir. Uh, sophomore year in high school, I. Jumped on the Van Halen bandwagon with 84, and when the leader, lead singer changed, I was on board both sides, Dave and Van Halen, so love 5150 and love OU812 as well. So um, some people, it may not be their thing, it may not be their Van Halen, but it's all my Van Halen, so I love to talk about it. Excellent. Uh, in the chat, uh, Mervin Fernandez says, first Van Halen CD I owned, so there you go. Uh, Scott Haskin wants to know, Kevin, how is the snare, though? Because he's been <laughs> listening to a lot of Ultimate Cadillac Clash, and all you do is bitch about Lars Ulrich's snare sound. Because so. it's shit most of the time. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. And uh, Nicholas Norway in the chat, uh, OU812 had some of Ed's best solos, man. Kind of hard to argue that. Uh, Mr. Brewer, how about you, sir? Uh, what was your intro to OU812? Well, I bought it the same day it came out, probably first, first, you know, immediately when the place opened, I was there. I started... Uh, listening to Van Halen back in 84, right at the beginning when Jump came out. Big fan of 84, huge. I missed that tour. I'm, I was I was only 16 at the time though, when it came out, but 0812, um, actually 5150 was the next one, right? Um, that one I was happy with. You know, I, I wanted it to be more like 84. It's just the way it is, but I loved it. I mean, it's, some of my favorite songs are on 5150. 0812, I was a big fan of it when it came out. I was... Not as big a fan of the keyboard songs just because I was ready to go to see Monsters of Rock. And I was I was kind of a little off-put a little bit when I was going there. Again, I think I mentioned it on the Discord. Just going to see Metallica and the Scorpions. And then Van Halen, is their big hit at the time was When It's Love. And it just, you know, I'm hearing Kill Em All and I'm hearing When It's Love. I had a little bit of issue with that. <laughs> but at the time, I loved the album. I really did. It was later on when I started comparing it to other stuff and really thinking about it. And I thought... I, I'm not really into that. I know mean, I had a keyboard. I played keyboard. I learned all those keyboard songs. So I didn't, I didn't hate it at the time. I just, now when I'm hearing it later, especially like feels so good. I don't really like that organ sound of that thing, but in general, it's an okay album. It's still my favorite 1988 album. You know, it's still Van Halen. Mm -hmm. So you guys can hear me, right? I can't hear myself. Oh, yeah. No, you just didn't, <laughs> okay. you know, we didn't hear a fucking word. Okay. Michael Griffith, let's go to you next. Uh, what is your uh, intro to OU812? Uh, hey, first thing, I, I have my who the fuck is Eddie Van Halen 
nice. t-shirt on. <laughs> so happy oh, yeah. birthday to him. Oh yeah. From Van Halen right. three. This yeah. is from the three tour, which that's the worst album, not OU812. So clear that up. But yeah, I had a an eighth grade that came out and uh the girl next to me in class had OU812 really big on her binder. And I was I was a Van Halen fan and I just didn't know the album already came out. And I asked her, what's OU812? And she said, Oh, it's the new Van Halen album that I got. So I got that like right after school. And then, then so I could say the next day, hey, I have the, yeah, the album too. And then, you know, it was great. And ever since then, I've been a massive fan. There you go. It's all about the ladies. I might have a Plentywood, Montana come and go story to tell later on. But let's go now to the, the Chazatar. <laughs> I hear he spent $7 million on this thing. Chaz, uh, what is your uh, your recollections of OU812? We are still debugging it as we go along. So it's costing a fortune by the day. But yes, this... Uh, this record, though, hell, and, and you see the avatar will keep me young forever. So there will always be a Chaz presence. Um, no, um, the uh, I was I was eighteen when this came out, and it was a great record. I did not did not listen to the bottom three that I put on my list. Honestly, I would always skip over them. Um, but the rest of the tracks on this album, I mean, Cabo Wabo, um, I wasn't around to vote for, but I think I did, you know, offline. Um, but I mean, some of these songs are some of the best I thought of the Hagar era. Um, and you got to think too that by the the sound, the maturity in the band for on, on most of these tracks is kind of you know representative of the core of the band being together as long as they were because this was their eighth record, right? So comparatively, given the shit I've been listening to with Roger Waters and his Redux um, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, uh, by that point, that that was Floyd's eighth album, Dark Side of the Moon was, when that came out. So, you know, the, the level of maturity and the musicianship and what they achieved, right? I think there were some moments on this record musically as a band that they just like, this was like the peak of, uh, I think, their creative musical, um, like the just, you know, kind of a peak period, I think, for them and like musician, you know, wise and uh so for me, it was it was great to uh, go back through it and have to rank it. It was tough. After the bottom three, it was really tough, man. It was a slugfest. So I can't wait to hear everybody else's rankings. I'll shut up. All right. Well, now uh, <laughs> now we go to Eric Senate. Jerick, in 20 words or less, give us your feelings on OU812. Mm, absolutely love the album. <laughs> love it. My favorite favorite Sammy era album. It's when I became a fan. And it's it's the first album where I was part of each single as it came out. Video, absolutely love this album. My favorite from the Hagar era. And you're not alone. I know our good friend uh, Sean McGinnity from the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast also said OU812 is his absolute favorite too. How about you, Michael Triplett? Uh, is OU812 one of your favorites? Uh, yeah, uh, I hate to say it that way. I'm not trying to repeat what Eric said or anybody else, but uh, send it to the email at Corey and Mark as I was ranking this. It's not going to be popular when you start looking at my bottom. Uh, two, especially. I know I'm going to get some pushback on it, but uh, this is a great album for me. I bought it on cassette. Uh, I had the cassette single of Black and Blue and the uh, cassette version of this because that was the way I could play it in my car. These albums were built for the car stereo wherever you were, and that's where I wanted to hear it. Well, I can tell you right now, Michael, you're number 10. You're the only person to rank that song number 10. And No, I know. I'm not, I know that oh, one for sure. Oh, we were going to get into that one. Uh, how about you, uh, I have Scott? to blank my screen out. <laughs> I wonder if, do I have the ability to kick you off the fucking call if you piss me off? We'll find out. I, Scott, I, I, I love confrontation, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, what do you think? 
no direct me memories for me. I was six year old, years old at the time when it came out, um, but it was one of those that when I did start to get into Van Halen in the mid to late 90s, I got the back catalog um, and didn't really spin it a whole lot, to be honest. It wasn't until your show that I really started to uh, appreciate it. I, I would listen to When It's Love, AFU, and Sources and Source of Infection and skip everything else pretty much. Um, but uh, since your podcast, I've come to appreciate it a lot more than I used to. Excellent. See, Mark, we're doing the Lord's work. We're turning more people on to OU812. Ryan Powell, my good friend, how are you doing here tonight? And uh, what are your uh, thoughts on OU812? Yeah, I'm actually kind of similar to Scott in that my initial exposure to OU812 was piecemeal through the latter era. Um, actually, I managed through the Van Halen mailing list uh, to get somebody to help me with a bootleg of the uh, Van Halen balance pay-per-view um, and that was uh, recording that on the radio. They had the interlude songs in the middle of the interviews were feel so good, mine online, things like that. And those, that was my first exposure to it. It's just, I've never heard this before. I'm like, oh, that sounds like it's Van Halen. And before I got to the back catalog, but I, I don't know where I'd rank it overall in Sammy era albums or anywhere else. Um, but it's like, like everything else, uh, for, for me, it's all thumbs up, and I just appreciate them for, for what they are and and find the good in them. Excellent. Heath McCoy, you've been known to say some controversial things uh, in your days here. Uh, Heath Murphy, what do you think? OUA12, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down for you? Uh, half and half. I think half of it's amazing and half of it's just terrible and hasn't held up. It came out when I was in grade 12. Um, when the Van Halen split happened, like they were my favorite band uh, from grade eight up. And when, when, when they broke up, um, I went, I was in camp Dave, but I liked them both. Right. Like I liked the Van Hagar stuff too. I kept buying everything, um, from both sides. And the, that same year skyscraper came out and that was the first time Dave did something that I, I didn't, I don't like skyscraper for the most part. And I was like, and I started to see like that he was on the way down. Van Halen was Van Hagar was like on the way up. And that was, and that was a tough one for me to swallow a little bit because I, I liked the album, but I didn't, there's a lot that I didn't like about it. I had this girlfriend at the time and she was a Rick Astley fan and she wanted to listen to when, when it's love. Every time we were driving around, she wanted to listen to when it's love, man. And I was like, she's a Rick Astley fan. And that's a little, yeah, it's a little metal snobby of me, but I'm like, Something's wrong here when the the Rick Astley fan wants to wants to dig into that that Van Halen song, you know. So, or uh, yes, right. that's my complicated history with OUA one too. I got gotcha. you. Now, uh, now we come Should've to Mark. Hold on to that one, Mark. Mark I doubt you were even born in 1988. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, I was. Oh, okay. uh, I was a, a was born. Years born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we we've gone through every track on, on the show. Now you've only downvoted one song uh, from yeah. OU812. Uh, have you kind of grown to appreciate a little more as we've gone along here? For sure. Even when we uh, just the week the, prior to this, uh, I guess so this past week, uh, really, I was diving back into it and uh, sort of giving it my full analytical uh, analysis so that I could rank it properly. And, and yeah, I, I got to say in listening this past week to it and kind of reviving uh, my thoughts from the initial listens on the show, at least. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate this album. It's still not my favorite Sammy era uh, album of his by a long shot, as you well know, Corey, but it is still, uh, it's damn good. Not every song is going to be a banger. And I will even give uh, a lot of the songs, uh, many of you out there that really 
don't enjoy are, that are on this album, I personally do think are bangers, but they're not all of them, not all of them. So we're going to get into that and I can't wait. Uh, how about you though? What were your fond memories of OU812? Well, I tell you, I remember being a young lad uh, in 1988. Gosh, I would have been 14 years old uh, with my fake ID uh, in Plentywood, Montana, <laughs> going to see the Peelers and, and a certain young lady who was stripping that night uh, at the country bar in Plentywood, Man- Montana. Uh, when she found out it was my birthday, it was my 14th birthday, but she didn't know that. She thought it was my 21st. Because back then, you could really doctor a Saskatchewan driver's license really, really good. <laughs> and I had a little bit of peach fuzz on my chin. I'm like, yeah, I'm 21. And they just didn't fucking care because I was going to buy booze there, right? That's all they cared about. And uh, she she did this wonderful little uh, a handstand uh, in my lap and spun her legs around my head. And, and I found Jesus that night. And I found uh, When wow. It's Love that night. So I'll always have uh, fond memories uh, of When It's Love. And and that 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 young lady uh, who got naked for my benefit in Plentywood, Montana. Gosh, I'd love the song too. (laughs) (laughs) Fond memories of the coal miner's daughter stripping down to her pelt while Corey drinks a illegal pilsner and enjoys some OU812. Exactly, it's it's American beer, so it's not even beer. Like it it was, it's it's fucking horse piss, right? So I I had about twelve by that point and didn't feel anything because everyone else is pissed out of their mind. But uh, we we did. uh, I reached out to to some guests as as usual, and I just want to read a a couple of recaps here from our good friends from the Bogus Oda Show. Yeah, Uh, Boho Darren and Boho Sprint. Uh, Let's start with Boho Darren. His thoughts on OU812 are quote: It's not my favorite Van Halen album, but my most often played Van Halen album. It's dripping with nostalgic memories, probably not as good as mine, and I think it's the band's apex in terms of their overall visual appearance. Colorful fashions, tanned health, I almost said teeth, tanned health, uh, white teeth, there we go, and the ultra good time brotherhood vibe. And as a guitar player, it's the most accessible to learn. So there you go, guitar players could probably chime in. Uh, It is probably, uh, according to uh, Darren anyway, uh, maybe the easiest to kind of pick up an axe and and learn how to play uh, some Eddie Van Halen riffs. So that's good. Very accessible record, yeah. I would agree. Yep. Uh, Bohus Brent says, uh, quote, this sophomore Hagar era album holds up as the two in the one-two punch of late 80s Van Halen rock. The songwriting and licks, mine all mine and feels so good, guitar souls rank way up there for me, were taken to a new level with the Collection 2 remasters. Always criticized for lack of bass, the bottom end is far more pronounced now. And we have a comment in the uh, chat to that effect. Uh, Brandon Schuler, who says the OU812 remaster sounds incredible to my ear. Oh, now everybody else is commenting, so it jumped on me. To my ear, it's the most dramatic remaster of the Collection 2. And for everyone who has the Collection 2, uh, as I do on vinyl, I would agree with that. Uh, Scott Haskin, uh, w- he complained the other day that the side stick and when it's love, it's really, really loud in the remaster now. And like it's re- he's, he was shocked. None of us called out uh, during that episode, but just how loud that, that, that stick was. Uh, but you, it's really uh, quite pronounced now. I'm going to go back to the uh, comments here. Uh, OU812 is one of the al- one of the albums ever. I'm going to assume best albums ever. Uh, Nicholas Dorway says, Guitar Sammy Belcher just uploaded a video today uh, of him. Uh, <laughs> Sammy Belcher. Haircuts oh, yeah. on Instagram. There you go. Uh, be Cool or Be Podcast Out says, Mine All Mine at least has some good lyrics uh, from Sammy. And uh, Tom Rappresser says, Hey, they officially... Into, uh, introduced uh, the SA-126 guitar today uh, at NAM. That's available in May. So, yeah. I know our good buddy yeah, yeah. Josh couldn't be on the call tonight because he's at NAM. I told him to make sure and get some uh, get some pictures with the SA-126. So. You better. All right. So, Mark, I guess if there's nothing else, should we just get right into it here? 
Let's get right into it, man. There's, there's a lot to talk about. All right. Let's start off with the song that finished number 10 uh, in our rackings. And, and this is the, the biggest landslide of all. This is number 10 in almost every single ballot. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit for you here, too, and then we're going to talk about it. Oh, man, I thought I turned on his easy top record here or something. But no, this is Eddie, or this is uh, Eddie and the Boys. This is AA Political Blues. Not even on the original uh, vinyl or cassette, just on the CD. Yeah, his telephone is ringing. It's Chairman Mao, motherfucker. You said, uh, Corey, it's not on the vinyl? Uh, it wasn't on the original. Okay, because okay, I know it's not on the cassette. Yeah. I, I forgot about vinyl, whether it was on that or not. Uh, i tell you. Uh, on our, our rankings have finished with 29 points. Uh, it, the highest it finished on anybody's ballot, ballot was 8th. Three people ranked this song 8th out of 10. Uh, its lowest rankings, of course, was 12th. 18 folks ranked this one dead last. Just tell him anything. <laughs> Not really shocked. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no votes for first, no votes for second, no votes for third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, th- this one was by far, by far the lowest ranked song on the record. Uh, anybody surprised? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm surprised in myself for not remembering that. Oh, this is how this one goes. Uh, so full disclosure, that one vote for ninth place, that's mine uh, because I <laughs> forgot how much I didn't uh, I did not like what's happening in this song. But I had forgotten to put it on my original ranking. So I told Corey, eh, just put it at number nine. Now it's fine. It, it'll be all right. But oh, I uh, I also gave it ninth place. Yep. Oh, all right, right on. Yep. Uh, Mike Triplett, you ranked song. this one eighth, though. I think you're one of the few people that ranked it as high as eight. Yeah, I, funny timing on the unmuting me, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, this is it's it's not horrible. It's different. It grew on me over time. I remember with uh, playing it on cassette, it's just like skip skip it all the way through and then get back to mine on mine from the first side. And so playing this track was get back to the rockers. But this one grows on you over time. And like I said, with eight, those bottom, my number 10 and number uh, nine are just okay to me. I think it just doesn't fit on this album, though. That's my, my main issue with it is it's just sonically, it's yeah. so far removed from everything else. Yeah. And what they were trying to do, Ed's gone a specific way with the songwriting on this album. It's just this weird extra cut that really should have just been a B-side. And it's a perfectly fine B-side oh, on an it? album. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it some kind of small schmaltzy thing they did with it anyway? It was like because there was a relationship with the guy from Little Feet or something, right? Like behind the Tem- scene. Temple Templeman at Templeman and Landy per- Templeman and Landy produced it, so I, I, I'm wondering if it was like a tribute to them that they threw it on there. I, I don't really think of it as a proper track. Like I mean, I, we, we're rating it because it's on there, yeah. and everything, but, but I don't think of, I think of it as just sort of like a you know like a throwaway kind of track like they just did it for a lark you know and yeah. i remember when yeah. i was on the show i was on the show where we did a political blues and uh and i and i gave it a thumbs up actually it was very barely a thumbs up and i've regretted it ever since i should have <laughs> given it a thumbs up. <laughs> but, it, but it was uh novelty it was novelty. Yeah, yeah. yeah they said that the band took only 30 minutes to record the song Panic. I mean, I, like I only spent about 30 minutes like listening to it. Just, <laughs> right. it. That sounds it's about like, right. It's nice to have. It's a. It's like a document. Nice to have. You know, nice throwaway thing. But yeah. Yeah, but you, you know, got it's, like, it's such gotta... a missed opportunity, though. I mean, you know, they they could have really done something with it. You could have started off blues and then kind of given it that Van Halen flavor for the back half. You know, giving it a 
Eddie solo. I mean, otherwise it's just it's just blues in a bar and there's nothing special to it. Well, and, I uh, consider it like when it, they did Happy Trails on um, Diver yeah, Down. Sure, just like down, that. Yeah. Just, the, yeah. just the lark, you know? And, yeah. and actually, yeah. though, I don't mind the sound of it. We talked about it on the show that time until yeah. the end. And Hagar just cannot do the blues. His blues <laughs> no. thing is just not him. And and that kind of blows up for me. And that's why I should have given it the thumbs down. But yeah. well, so, I was so for me, it's the, the key is it's blues in a bar. Yep. And they don't do anything special with it in terms of Van Halen, but it's Ed and Al jamming on a laid back blues. And the nuance there is very much to be appreciated. There, there's so much just small nuance, the, the way that they fit into a groove, the way they, they kind of hang back on it. There's, there's a lot to appreciate in it. And yes, it's not typical Van Halen, but it, it's just great to hear them jam. And I think in, in and of it, just, just that by itself is, is worth the price of admission. Yep. And it, it, I got to ask Ryan, were you the other eight, one of the other eights? No, I, I still very much, I, I ranked this at the bottom of my list, um, <laughs> but everything's relative. But I love your love Every, for everything's it. Everything's relative. I, I appreciate yeah. all of it. No, the cool. good point. Very cool. The good point. Yes. Uh, in the, we had a good chat, uh, comment in the chat here. I wanted to point out, uh, Don Landy just set up a mic in the middle of the room and they just played uh, live in the studio. So it's just four on the floor, uh, just jamming out the blues. And I'll, I'll never be mad at that. Good blues groove. Like you said, maybe Sammy, not the best. He's no, uh, no Steven Tyler, no Billy Gibbons. But, you know, there, there's really nothing wrong with it. But it, it did rank 10 on, uh, on most ballots. Uh, Eric, you had it number 10, too. What are your thoughts on AA Political Blues? Yeah, of all the Little Feet songs to pick, this wouldn't have been it for me. I mean, it's at the bottom. I, I would have loved to hear them do a different song from uh, Little Feet, Two Trains, Let It Roll, or Rock and Roll Doctor. But for some reason, they picked this. Um, I think it was more of we were in that beginning of the CD era. So I think it was an, um, it was um, used as a, a way just to get people to maybe buy the CD to say, hey, there's an extra track on it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why it's on there. That's why Kevin's right. It doesn't really fit with the rest of the album. So yeah, it's the it's the only misstep for me in this album. All right. Anybody else with any thoughts on uh, a a political blues? <laughs> nah, that one's left forgotten. Probably shocked. Like it, like there's such a huge jump from ten to nine. Like ten had what do you say twenty nine points. Our ninth place song has eighty two. Wow. So <laughs> so again, and we just went like like one through ten. There's ten tracks, right? So if we got a, a a number ten vote, it gets one point. If we got a nine, it gets two votes. And I just tabulated uh, all that stuff. Oh, Sean Geek and Fast Fret. Bon Jovi's Love for Sale, anyone? Yeah, good call. That It does sound very... And again, oh, that that's oh, another one that geez. just let, let's just throw up a mic and play the fucking thing, right? Uh, love yeah. for Sale. So there you go. Good call there, uh, Mr. McGinnity. Absolutely. All right, you guys want to hear what number nine was? Sure. All right, let's play a little bit of it here. Tell you what, it's got a good intro. That's right, we're talking about Sucker in a Three-Piece. Number nine in our official show rankings. It got 82 points. Its highest ranking on ballots was f as high as four. So two wow. people ranked it fourth. Its lowest ranking was 10th. One person ranked this the worst song on the record. Uh, most people had it uh, kind of in the ninth 
uh, eighth kind of area. But um, sucker in a three-piece. Uh, Mark, uh, you're, you're one. I think you had this one uh, pretty high. You had this one uh, number six on your ballot. What do you think? Uh, was it six or five? I think it was five for it was, me, actually. Was it five? Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, if you... Uh, Yes, yeah, it was my number. F- I had it yeah. in my t- at the bottom of my top five because I don't know, man. Something about this song for me just it, it must be just the main riff and the hooks just really lured me in, and uh, I found myself enjoying it a lot more this time around. Uh, uh, coming up with rankings than before when we did the. Sh- I mean, obviously, I I've upvoted it when we did the actual show, but I, something about it just hit in the right way, uh, and that's why I always say. I'll rank this song this way because I'm feeling a certain way for now, but it's always subject to change. Uh, and Van Halen's really good about doing that with a lot of their songs, you know, even because even their uh, their worst song can some you can still much like in the vein of Ryan Powell, you can still find uh, a lot of the good within it. So uh, you can praise it because it's still Van Halen, and they're still you know making artistry with their music the way they do. Um, so yeah, for some reason, man, uh, Sucker in a Three Piece really hit home for me on this one, and uh, it had to—it just happened to make the top five. So yeah. All right, uh, Mr. Triplet, how about you? Like I said, this is one of my favorite albums. Sucker in a Three Piece is just—it's not a novelty song; it's a, a, a fun song that just Sammy has a fun fun time with, and the band just follows along with it. So it's just fun to listen to. He's being sarcastic, and hey, I'm losing this. <laughs> so I dig it. Now, it's a seven for me, but there's just better songs ahead that rock just that much harder. You got number seven, not bad. He's McCoy. You ranked this one tenth. You said this is the worst song <laughs> on OU812. Explain yourself, sir. Yeah, it's terrible. I think it's I think oh. it's shit. It's it's it sounds like a <laughs> it sounds like. A, it sounds like something that would have been, uh, you know, a filler track on VOA. It sounds like something that would have been next to Dick, right next to Dick in the Dirt. I think that <laughs> yeah. lyrics are completely, the lyrics are completely ham-fisted. They're not clever. They're not, and and even the band, even even Eddie and Al, it's not. I, I mean, it's okay. It's Eddie and Al. Any, any Eddie and Al is good, but it's not. It's just not inspired Eddie and Al. I just, uh, yeah. I think it's. I think it's a weak track. I don't think it holds it up at all. I tell you what, our uh, two people who ranked it uh, fourth, Per Lineker and fan favorite Kelsey, ranked this one fourth wow, on this record. Four, here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let, let's go to uh, Scott Everett now. Scott, sucker in a three piece. Uh, where did you have it here? I had it right here at number nine. Uh, I think it's the music's great. Just one of those songs where Sammy's overt obviousness with the lyrics and wishbone and the licking up at the end of the lyrics just is way too over the top and I'm like I think it kind of kills him there's just better songs on the album fair enough uh, Kevin Brown do you remember where you had this one uh, yeah I think I had this at uh, number 8 so I was right in that range as well it's just a, I totally agree with, with Heath for once <laughs> Actually, oh my I think it sounds like <laughs> it sounds help. like well no it just sounds like any sort of rock from this era on the radio I don't think it sounds very Van Halen-y it's just a bit there's nothing wrong with it. And I don't I never turn it off or skip it. I just think it's a bit yeah, okay. You know? Eric, a throwaway. Eric Sinich, talk some sense into these people, please. You had this ninth though. <laughs> but I imagine I had, you're maybe a little more positive than, than they are. Oh 
but, but I'm with Mark on this. Is that sometimes you know an okay song? Is there still something in it to listen to? Usually that something in it is Eddie, and that's what this is. It's an okay song, if not for Eddie's guitar work, which is blistering. Yes. There's my word. Uh, yeah, I love the opening that lead into Al's drums. Just not good enough to put past the songs above it. Fair enough. Ryan Powell, how about you? Yeah, I, I think that's that's my take on it. I think I have this ninth as well. Um, not to say I don't like it. I think there's a lot uh, to enjoy about it. I, I love the breakdown section. Um, just just when it's just Eddie kind of setting the rhythm. I, I, I just love it when, when everybody else lays out and he's just like, okay, here it is. Um, so so I think there's a lot of good, just doesn't stack up as well with, with everything else on the album. Scott Monroe, you had this one eighth. So uh, one spot up from where it is uh, currently right. Yeah, you know, for me, this kind of started that uh, middle section where things started kind of being a toss up and I had to split hairs. Um, I guess for me, um, I, I ranked it in that spot just because it seems a bit aimless to me. It's not it's not as tight as the other songs that, that I like above it. Um, you know, very cool tone, cool solo. Um, I'm not a big fan of Sammy's uh, Lunch Pail lyrics. Uh, uh, the, the harmonies in the chorus are probably the standout for me. Um, but it just, you know, it, it just, it's not tight enough. And then after the solo, it just kind of keeps going and I want it to end. Um, so it, 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 it could have uh, benefited, I think from a tighter edit. All right, Michael Griffin, you also had this one eighth, uh, your thoughts on sucker in a three piece. I did for me, there's like this trilogy of the hardest songs on the, on the record, you know, source of infection, this one in AFU. So, I, you know, I kind of struggled with, which I put this one in the middle of those three, uh, number eight. I love Al's drums on it. I get what Sam, where Sam's going. At least he's kind of telling a story and kind of conveys that. But it, yeah, it's not the greatest lyrics, um, and it should have ended a little quicker than it did. But it's okay. I mean, it's you know, it's not. Uh, I don't skip it when it comes on because of mainly because of Al. All right, Chazatar, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Sucker in a Three Piece? You had this one uh, pretty high, actually, ten, nine, eight, seven, pretty good. Yeah, I'm with Michael there, you know, it's, um, and for me, again, this record, there was more about it, um, just where they were, where I was, it was the summer of my, you know, I was 18, it was a great fucking record, and really, to me, the the musical sound on this, and just like the, the band, as somebody said before, right, this is when they were all bros, and everything was great, and like the kind of apex of where they were as a unit, and it came across, and it was just so, like, uh, this tune, the music for me was um, got past the lyrics. The lyrics were funny. It's what I expect from Van Halen. So, you know, not a big shock there. I mean, you know, hey, after all, right? But, um, you know, the music really spoke to me. Um, I love the groove. I love playing this one. I love plucking it out on an acoustic guitar. Um, got some memories of doing that on the beach by the campfire. A couple of the songs off of this record. So, yeah, um, for, for me, just uh, this is one of those tracks that just makes for great summer night music. Yep. Perfect. All right, let's go to the YouTube chat here. Uh, be cool or be podcast out. The mu- music rocks, but Sammy's lyrics, man. Oh, boy. Yep. We were talking lunch bills. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, Nicholas Doorway, the live version of this is amazing, especially the solo. And a guitar up to her lunch pail. Yep, absolutely. Um, I, <laughs> if you're looking for, like, a guitar song on this record, uh, th- this is not a bad one. Actually, I ranked this one kind of high. Uh, mine uh, was yeah. number uh, six uh, on my rankings for uh, Sucker and a Three. Actually, number... Uh, one, two, three. I had this number five, actually. Yeah. So I was Whoa. really high on, on Sucker in the three-piece, so. Woo-hoo. I don't mind. I'll die on that island. Let's now talk about what the, <laughs> the song that hit number eight. And uh, this is one I'm shocked was this high. 
Uh, I got to be honest with you. I'm not a fan. I downvoted this uh, the first time uh, we did this uh, song uh, back on the show. Uh, but this is this is one of their uh, one of their singles. Oh, for all my keyboard lovers out there, Kevin's getting turgid. I can tell right now. Look at him. Yeah. See, don't throw up the devil horns to feel so good, motherfucker. <laughs> feel so good. Number eight. Total points ninety three. Some crazy bastard had this ranked number one. Someone said this is the best song on the record. Somebody also said this is the worst song on the record. Scott's <laughs> got a big smile on his face over there. <laughs> so Feels So Good comes in at number eight. Uh, I'm going to look up uh, who ranked it number one here. Nate you know from the Deep Purple Podcast ranked this number wow. one. Wow. Good Nate man. Thank oh, you so much, Nate, Nate for your submitting your... It's the keyboards. Yeah. Nate loves the keyboard. He's a Deep Purple fan, obviously. He, you know, he loves this kind of stuff. He, That's true. Yeah. I, I'm shocked it was as low as it was, actually, on uh, Kevin Brown's uh, rankings. You had it, what, one, two, three, four, five. I did fifth, yeah. I mean, wow. there's just, I think there, there are some better songs on this album, but for me, like, again, as a young keyboard player, I still can't fucking play this song. It's really weird. It's a really, really weird part. It's that thing that, you know, we all love Ed as a shredder on guitar, and we love him as a rhythm guitarist. I love him as a keyboard player, too. Sure. And this is so inventive, this song. I, like I said, I, I've always liked this song. And when I went through my rankings, I'm like, oh, well, do I be cool and go for the stuff that... Because I know what the what I think sort of objects with the better songs are, but I'm going what my favorite songs are, and I've been Good. listening to this album since it came out. So, yeah, I like this song, man. That's what you're I kind of liked it more if it had a different keyboard sound. This sound is not... I didn't like it when it came out, and it hasn't aged well either. It just sounds really dated. Yeah, I dig it. I agree with the keyboard sound. Of it's it, it's dated and it's and then you yeah. know comparing it to the Deep Purple keyboard sound, like I, I think John Lord wouldn't wouldn't touch this pithy thing. Like it, it's just it's, it's like this is the guy who did Smoke on the Water keyboards, man. Like yeah, I, I, I can't see it. Oh yeah, I had it at nine. Yeah, yeah, this was at nine for me. It was my number nine too, uh, largely for the chorus. I think I, I don't mind the keyboard tone so much, but it, it, it's. Where's my uh, Lars Ulrich uh, stock soundbite here? Because that fits. I think it's fucking stock. What? Which part of that is unclear to you? You know what I mean? Just a little stock. <laughs> it's you almost write it down? for me. <laughs> it almost has that carnival sound, the, the whole repetitive aspect of it. It just... Yeah, exactly. It was number nine for me, too. Just... If it wasn't for the guitar with the the way that it, the guitar starts to sound right off the carnival sound, I'm like, that would have been a 10 for me, but it's a nine. Okay. Eric Sanich, for you, it was a four. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated when when I hear stuff like this, like what it is we're hearing and why some people just hate it and some people love it. <laughs> but I always knew Kevin Brown was brilliant. I, I always oh. knew that. So from <laughs> and Nate, too. Oh, my God. I, I love Feel So Good. <laughs> I love this fucking song. Most underrated ballad of the Sammy era. Uh, and the band was divided on it, by the way. Sammy loved it. Eddie liked it. But then Sammy said the other guys in the band didn't, so I'm assuming that would be Alex and Michael, although I can't imagine Michael saying he doesn't like anything. Exactly. I can imagine Mike just being quiet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I have not grown tired of this. I I love this song. This is really and if I could hug Kevin Brown right now, I would. <laughs> what a week. Yeah. I'm going to send a message in a bottle quo. to Kevin. It's a quid pro quo there. <laughs> You guys can all leave if you want to. You can, you can just all leave if you want to go. Did you take all the soul and the life out of the track? Chaz is going to create an avatar of Eric and Kevin hugging next time. <laughs> Do not put that fucking idea in his head, you maniac. <laughs> 
Kevin being the drum guy. How about I love Alex's drums? Yeah, I mean everything about it. It's got a like I, said, I like the groove. I like the feel of it. I like the. It's don't worry about oh, these guys. Don't worry about these guys. Let's you and I continue this show, Corey. I right, take care. We'll okay. take we'll take it from you. <laughs> we'll well, we, we have one more person who who wanted to get a, a thought in. It's the worst piece of shit we've ever done, and it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow, that seems a little harsh. You have to admit it's better than lick my love pump from nothing. Final nothing is better <laughs> than lick my love pump because it, it's what in it's Lars in D dad, minor, the saddest of all keys. <laughs> I yeah, like this song. I, I like so the harmonies is what draws me into it. It reminds me uh, of "Feel Your Love Tonight." Uh, the harmonies in this does, and I, I do. I mean, it's cliche, but I feel good when I put this song on. Like I feel good when "Feel Your Love Tonight's on. Um, so if you're in a bad mood, put this one of the two on. It's Although some matters. of you, yeah. I think this will make you in a worse mood if you hear it <laughs> by what you're saying, but. Well, let, let's go to the chat here. Marvin Fernandez had it at seven. Uh, Tom Armbruster also had it at seven. Uh, the Be Cooler B podcast out says this may have been the most disappointing song for him on the album, but the uh, solo does save the song for him somewhat. Uh, Nicholas Norway says uh, Michael Anthony said that they did a heavier version, a more rocking version of the song, and he still has a copy of it put away. That oh, would be very what? interesting to hear. That would be cool. Wait you know, a minute. Are you talking about like a demo or? Not sure. Nicholas, if you're out there, uh, our Van Halen expert would like to know. Oh, more. sure. Everyone yeah. else is being talked about, so Mikey's got to jump in the news. <laughs> yeah, that's just Mikey's MO, right? right? He's going to come out with videos now and just trash That's everybody. it, behind-the-scene footage, never before. David Lee Roth blows goats. I have proof. No! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think uh, Mikey liked this song, or at least this version of it, because... I don't think he's playing on it. It's just, I mean, the, the bass is just the low end of the, of the keys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah good point. Pretty much good all of point. it, um, which I don't mind. I think this is a, I mean, I, I ranked it, I think six and it's, it's, it's a good song. It, it has, all, I enjoy it a lot more and I was actually torn. It might've been a little bit higher, but I kind of just, you know, had to split the hairs. Um, yeah. But it, it, I love the keyboard, uh, the, the keys before the solo, the, the, the breakdown leading into the solo that that's some, I, I think, when you think about it, outside of right now, this is probably the most complex, like rhythmically uh, keyboard work that Ed does um, on, on in, in their history. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of syncopated stuff uh, to, to what Kevin was saying is it's, it's more complex than most things that, that he puts out. And so there's, I think there's, there's a lot of interesting things going on. Oh, gonna... Kevin's insane. Don't listen to him. <laughs> in terms of that, what you were saying about the 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 keyboard, yeah, the syncopated keyboards and stuff. Does anybody else hear um like kind of really poppy era Genesis in oh, this? Yeah, that's because oh, wow. I always do. I always yeah, think that I can Sammy, imagine Sammy like said it. Phil Collins chipping chipping away. Sa and I, Sammy and I, said it. He told yeah. Martin Popoff when he was interviewed by Martin. He said it's it's us trying to do a Genesis thing. That it was exactly like it. what they it were looking really for. It really sounds yeah. like a Bill Collins yeah. pop era Genesis. And Good call, I, man. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think that's an awesome thing, but but uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no. Kevin Brown, is there a podcast out there that people can go to to hear about uh, Phil Collins era Genesis? Yeah, maybe there must be something kicking around. Hey, yeah. We did one. Season one of the Ultimate Catalog Clash. But I tell you, Eddie does play keyboards a lot different than uh, Tony Banks does. He has nicer sweaters, too. Jeez. <laughs> Mark Kamara, I'm going to give you the uh, last word on uh, Feel So Good. Actually, uh, before I do that, uh, the Bogus Otis Boys uh, actually had Feel So Good ranked number three. So they thought wow. this was the third best song 
on the record, and uh, they sent in this sound clip. Life is a permanent limp dick with an occasional blowjob. There you go. Hey, I guess, easy. I guess this is the occasional blowjob. Talk about a wordsmith. Wow. Actually, on the on the call, I'm gonna join. I was actually I had it number three as well. Oh, Just good. The song, nice. the song completely still makes me happy, and the video is so. It's fun. It is carnivalish as they're spinning round and round and all that stuff. But Eddie looks so damn cool in this video, and can't help it. The song makes me happy. Still to this day, makes me happy. He looked cool in every video except. Boy, John. Eric looks so happy hearing you. Just he was look the smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost a Dave face. <laughs> we're, we're not talking Dave tonight. We're, we we want to be positive. No Dave. Yeah, no Dave. I, I no can Dave. bring up some of these. I'm, I'm thinking of Kiss Flaming Youth, right? A little carnival. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right uh nicholas uh got back to us in the chat he says uh i don't know but i'm guessing it's finished but not mastered so it could be a demo it could be you know not, not anything that they actually put the finishing touches on mm. and they didn't i don't think they ever played it live feels so good i don't think so oh well, wow it was really? a six isn't it oh, i what's that had to have it was a single wasn't yeah, it? it was it a was single. a single they it was a single video. they made the video oh. for it oh yeah yep. right yeah. And no live. Hmm. Cool video. Well, yeah, I'm real good. cool video. Yeah, I don't think they played it live. You're right. They didn't. Nope. It had been hard to uh, replicate live. Well, they're going yeah, back would, game. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Plus, they, were, they were doing the Monsters <laughs> of the Rock tour. They were doing <laughs> the Monsters of the Rock tour when they, when they did OU812. This would not... How can you put this next to, like, you know, Metallica, Doc, and the Scorpions? Like, yeah. It, good point. They did a OU812 tour after Monsters of Rock. They didn't play oh, did it in they? that tour either. Yep. Yep. Well, yep. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. Yeah. Because it was a single. You would think they would play a single. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, they did play the next one live, the song that uh, finished number seven in our official rankings. They played it three times, according to Setlist.fm. Uh, any guesses? Shout them out real quick. Anybody? Any Three guesses? times. Three times. And this is ranked seven. Seventh. Yep. Oh boy. I'm going go with source of infection. Source of infection. Source of infection. Really? That's what you guys are going with? I, well, that's yeah. what I'm going with. Mine on I'm, mine. Better you. play the life live. I'm saying uh, hey, of you. No, it's Black source of infection, yeah. baby. Number seven. Oh, source. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. Played three times. Let's bring up the slide. Total points, 117. That is very high uh, for uh, number seven. Big variance on this one, too. Somebody did rank this as their favorite song on the record. The lowest it ever ranked on anyone's ballot was ninth. So it was never last, but it was ninth on somebody's uh, ballot. Taking a look, uh, it finished seventh five times. Uh, you know, fourth twice, third twice. Uh, so, Source of Infection, a uh, big variance on this one, too. I'm curious, guys, what do you think of Source of Infection? Let's start with Eric Senich here. Yeah, I love this. By the way, is that you're playing this off of the collection, too? I am, yeah. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. You can hear Mikey's bass a little bit more on this 100%, one. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I love this song. And Don Landy was just telling uh, Greg Renoff in the interview that Greg did with him that... Uh, it was one take, which you could tell. It's just very raw. It's like, yeah. just roll tape, let's go. And uh, Sammy's not happy with the lyrics looking back, politically incorrect lyrics, but um, but it's just he and Ed just messing around, man. And that's what I love about it. It's raw energy. 
uh, old school Eddie just ripping on guitar. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I never get yeah. sick. And Sammy's high note going into that solo. Speechless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had it at number six. I had it at number seven. Uh, I really dig uh, Source of Infection. Uh, how great was that interview with uh, Don Landy? Do that, oh, uh, Greg? Not the, fantastic. Just to get Don Landy is, I mean, props to Greg, man. And by the way, Greg uh, Landy trusted Greg enough to say, "Okay, we'll do it," because Landy doesn't do interviews. That's right. Uh, Greg Runoff does submit rankings, though. His number one song is "Source of Infection." So he's the one who okay. ranked it first. Well, you know what? Because he says it in the article. He says he loves the song. That's why he asked Landy about it. Yeah, incredible. Uh, Scott Everett, your thoughts on Source of Infection? I love the music. I think it's one of those songs that Sammy's probably hanging on for dear life, trying to find something lyrically that'll <laughs> match with what Eddie and Alex are doing. So, oh, you know, the lyrics are what they are, but I, I don't know what you can do with it being so busy with what they're doing right now. Chazalytics, what do you think, buddy? Oh, man. Like, you know, like the, the last show where we were talking about, I, I had a you know discomfort with a Sammy high note at a certain point in the song here is where someone just said the high note he hits on this one, uh, the screaming guitar. I mean, this one for me, this is like that, that classic mix of Van Halen swing with rock and just the, the groove and, and, and the speed, the precision with which these guys are playing and like, someone said sammy trying to do anything over that so what he pulled off on this i thought was just genius the way the whole thing came together i think i ranked this like five or you had this number yeah, five I ranked yep. it five but it was, it was higher yeah michael griffin though you had this one number nine what do you have against source of infection and why are you wrong <laughs> i think it's a lot like like pleasure dome that we just did in the sense that the band is great but sammy is just not keeping up he, I, I, it, it bothers me every time I listen to it because he's not keeping up. And I, again, you guys are right. How can you? The music's like so fast and maybe it, no one could. But um, and then the, I don't like the lyrics. The, the title is lame. And, you know, I, I just I, I think if there's like this, I think there's this trilogy of the hard songs, AFU and Sucker and this. And I think the other two are better. If you're comparing those three, and it's better than AA political blues, right. I would say that. <laughs> real, real quick, Corey, does anybody anybody pick up on? Was it intentional? The it's hey Eddie, you know Sammy's talking to Eddie. That's like a Stevie Vai Yankee Rose. Ah, oh, I uh, bet. And you have OU at one two. Eat him and smile. Oh no, they got that from a Cheech and Chong movie. Remember? I know. Yeah. Oh right. There was always that thought. Yeah. yeah. They were going back and forth at each other with the titles of the albums. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Kevin Brown, you had this one number seven. Yeah, it's it's a good album track. It's not something again, it's not something I skip or anything, but and I agree with everyone else. Like, what do you do with this as a lyricist? You know? I mean, I think it's weirdly, I think that I would prefer David Lee Roth to write lyrics to this one because it's more it feels like a bit more of a proto that era Van Halen than, yeah, yeah. than okay. Hagar, which is maybe where the collision comes. I don't know. I, I it's it's fine. I just don't Love it as much as somebody that tracks on the album. I don't really have a strong position either way, Corey, on this one, unusually. All right. How about you, Mr. Monroe? <laughs> Scott, that's you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the fast tempo. Um, you know, for me, it harkens back to, like, loss of control from women and children. It's just that, like, mm -hmm. crazy yeah. man tempo. Um and uh, yeah, like everyone has said, uh, that the high register that Sammy delivers on the chorus, that's really the highlight for me. Um, and it's one of those you just have to look past the lyrics, I think. 
uh, and uh, just in, enjoy the music. So I, I had it at number five, I think. Yep, number five. Uh, Ryan Powell, you had this one, I believe, also at number five. Yeah, I think of the trilogy of the horror songs, um, as as it was put, um, I think this one edged out the other ones uh, for me. Um, the the tempo, I just I just love when they're kind of bleeding edge. And I think back, I was I was going to try and look it up, but I, I think back when I did sort of the sampling of all the fastest songs and which one was which one was the fastest and kind of averaging out the tempos over the song. I think this one came in at number two and just like just barely underneath um, the loss of control, um, just like up in that like two hundred beats per minute kind of area and it's just i just love it when when ed and al are just like scorching like that and i think that edged it out for me against the other heavier guitar songs on this album very good how about you heath i uh, i i really like this song i've always loved it i love i love the energy of it um uh it's uh yeah, Eddie and Al are, are, are like blistering on it. Uh, stupid Sam lyrics, but it doesn't wreck it for me because it's he's just shriek screaming his balls off. You know that 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 one. You know the the way he takes the how high he takes that that uh, um, that one line. It, it's it's uh, yeah the or the you know the course. It's. Uh, yeah, it really works for me. I've always just I've loved the song. Uh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie and Al, it, it, they're like I've heard scorching and blistering going around. It, it, that's that's what they're doing there. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael Triplett, you had this five as well. What do you think? Yeah, number five. Uh, it's like a freight train. I mean, it's just bolting forward. You blast it. You can't do anything more than blast it. And then the remastered versions in collection two just make it even better for me. Uh, Sammy sounds great. Nonsense lyric, nonsense lyrics. But if you can just make those uh, lyrics wallpaper and just it's there, but you don't pay that much attention to it, just uses uh, vocals as a, a musical instrument, and it goes with the bass, the drums, and the guitar. It's blistering. That's it. Very good. All right, uh, Mark Meyer. Made me giggle in uh, inside. Oh, it made you giggle. That, that that's good to know. What what do you? Yeah, I know you ranked this one uh, pretty high. You put this actually third. I must have been in a really good mood and have been li- listening to this album focusing strictly on riffage because like source of infection just cooks all the way through man and uh yeah, yeah. I echo uh what what Michael said and what Heath said about it and it's just yeah it it just really kind of did it for me this this week as I was taking all the songs in to find a spot for him and I I couldn't put it any lower than my top five and of the, um, and I struggled with, I knew what my top two were going to be. I struggled for the third, fourth and fifth position. And somehow source of infection just seemed to just reach for the top, man, for, for whatever reason it was. Uh, again, I guess I was just in a mood to listen to some riffage and source of infection is riffage abound. So yeah, that's, that's why it's my number three. Don't agree. Lame. Forget it. <laughs> your lame no i, I had ranked number seven uh, i agree i really like source of infection uh we're gonna go in, back to the chat here uh marvin fernandez had it number eight so he was pretty close uh our good buddy tom says the intro is my ringtone i have it fifth so he had it nice and up there uh, nice. be cooler be podcast out the intro is awesome kind of like the little brother hot for teacher that's kind of cool yeah uh marvin fernandez says i like the music uh, but not the lyrics fair enough uh, source of infection is wild and erratic i love it for that and then ryan who's also on the call also commenting on the <laughs> youtube page 270 beats per minute tied with chinatown for third fastest and yeah if you remember chinatown's pretty quick one too mm-hmm. so thank you for that ryan all right should we go to uh what finished at number six yes 
played 107 times. Anybody want to shout out a guess? I bet it's AFU. Oh, we had one vote for Matt AFU. Or black and blue, um, maybe. Black and blue, Mono maybe. Mon. I was going to guess black and blue, but between those two. Yeah, Mono black Mon. and blue, I'll go with. Oh, somebody guessed oh, AFU, wow. though. Come on. <laughs> Come on, he says. AFU Naturally Wired comes in at number six, 127 points. Somebody had this ranked as the best song on the album on their ballot. Somebody had it as the worst song on the album on their ballot. What? I know, right? Crazy. AFU Naturally Wired comes in at number six. And I tell you, the difference between six and two is not a lot. So really kind of surprised how this one shook out. Uh, AFU, I had this one, one, two, three, four, five. So I was one off on AFU. But this, oh, come on, that is so good. Let's go with Michael Triplett first on this one here. Uh, AFU, where did you have that one, my friend? You had that one fourth. Number four. Yeah. Number four. Four through one. It wasn't like it was tough. Actually, for me, it was uh, uh, six through one. It was just no brainers but at the same time this is a, this is just a great track it just everything sounds great about it the lyrics are improved upon source of infection and it just doesn't stop and he just hits it there's nothing wrong with this song and this is four so there's three better songs than this one so i don't know what else to say it's a good track great track all right mark Kamari, you had this one seventh what do you think of uh, all fired up I think it's a fine song. Um, this was another one where, where I kind of struggled where to put it, and it just sort of found its way to number seven, but that is not uh, indicative of how I feel about it. Like, I know that's kind of towards the back end of the of the, uh, of the album, but it, no, it's, it's perfectly fine. I like it a lot. I just uh, liked six songs a little bit better. All right. Uh, Heath McCoy. Uh, Thief of Joy, all fired up. Yeah, this one fourth. You must I like had this one. Four. I, I love it. Uh, I'm a drummer. I've always loved. It's one of my favorite Alex Van Halen beats. That beginning beat, so great. That sort of offbeat he does. I love playing it. It's so fun. Um, and actually, Sam, I'm always hard on Sam's lyrics. He's got his uh, "90 Days on the Road" is what I need when my axe cuts me deep. I let it bleed down the strings. All oh over. yeah, that's yeah. a great line, man. Yeah. That is. Great. That's one of my favorite <laughs> Sam lyrics. That is a, like a great rock and roll lyric. And I love the energy of the song. Yeah, I had it number four. It's a great, great song. All right. I got to say, Jeff Brewer is back in the chat. He had to hop off the call. Uh, he says, third dumbest lyrics in the catalog. Are you talking about this one, Jeff? Because you ranked this number one. Jeff Brewer said this was the best song <laughs> in the catalog, but the third dumbest lyrics in the, in the entire catalog. Holy cow. Here uh, comes the, the best part. Oh, I'll bring it up. Good call. Hell yeah. Great example of something that they couldn't have done with Ed. Like, howling in the high register, like, in unison with Ed. That that kind of back and forth. By the way, the person who had this ranked last, Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast, said this was the worst track Uh, off of Volume 1-2. My goodness. Uh, Chaz-tastic, what do you think? You had this one ranked third, buddy. 
Yeah, man, this one, I mean, the energy, the, the guitar that's blistering, again, another high note, this was a high, this was a highlight, um, like I said, everything from my bottom three up, it was a slugfest, where the hell does it go, it's all relative, but uh, the energy, you know, the pure excitement of this song, ah, oh, jeez, you can't, this is a spot of lightning, man, you know what I mean, this is just, this is Van Halen Unleashed. Honestly. Amen, brother. Testify. That era. That era. I'm having a hard time taking Chaz seriously with this avatar. <laughs> it still looks better than the fucking the best avatars. I got I'll Harry Potter avatar. It is to me now. Here we are. Michael Welcome Griffith, you had this ranked seventh. Boys. His head's Welcome like this. Future boys. This is it. Oh, shit. head. No. <laughs> don't the runoff of the Adderall. Season 110 of the Seaside Pottery the Avatar. I can't wait till they coordinate it so you can get the hands going at the same time. That'll be great. Michael Chaz's head just keeps. (laughs) I'm dancing like Schroeder. That's it. I'm just dancing like Schroeder. (laughs) Stroking out over there. I'm trying to get this train back on the tracks. Michael Griffith, take it away, friend. This is this is the one I almost hit the send button to you, Corey, to to raise up a little bit. I had okay. it at seven, and uh, I listened to it actually on on, on vinyl before um, before this. It's better than seventh. I, I kind of regret having it that low. It's a good gym song too. Like you know when you be, you know need to get fired up, right? Yep. So it's great. Um, it's hard to that middle section is difficult, but it, it it's really good. The, the lyrics, like you said, Heath. They, they are pretty good. I think that is a good Sam lyric that he said. And, and man, it, it's just killer. The music's killer. Scott Monroe, you had the seventh as well. What do you think? Yeah, th- this was where I started not having any complaints, really, about any songs uh, from rank seven on up. Um, uh, echo everything everyone said that the high register note that Sammy hits is the definite highlight. Um, it has a very 5150 kind of energy to me. Um, it, well, it feels kind of, more yeah. spiritually connected yep. to that album than to OU812. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love the energy. Um, and I too kind of regret ranking it a little low. It, it probably deserves to be six instead of seven, but. All right. And Ryan Powell, you had it eighth. Uh, so you ranked it even lower than our official ranking, sir. What do you think? Yeah. And again, um, no complaints with it. It's a great song. Um, I, I like all the, the things that everybody else is pointing out. I think for me, it falls a little short where I feel like Ed's tone is a bit of a disconnect with, with the, the riffs that he's doing. I feel like, uh, uh, the, the kind of wet tone that he has with most of this album kind of doesn't do this song as much service. Um, and it just, just a slight disconnect there. But again, these were all like uh hair breadth away from, you know, being a you know, five rankings up, uh, the, this middle of the pack stuff was really hard to rank and, uh, just kind of gave the nod to the other ones. Fair enough. Uh, Eric Sinich, you agreed with me. Uh, you had this number five. Uh, five, as, yeah, as yeah. Too. One of Alex's best. And the, the remasters, his symbols sounds even better. It's so crystal clear now. It, it's one of his best. And uh, uh, and I mentioned Sammy's lead into the uh, solo on Source of Infection, the, the Ready, Set, Go one. Well, this one tops it. Yeah. <laughs> we just heard it. You know, when he hits that high note. Yeah, this is number five for me. And Ed, he's proving he still has the fire because a lot of people are like, yeah, he's mellowing out with Sammy. But on this one, no. No way. Yeah. 
Uh, Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown. But then if you keep folding it, it keeps breaking. And then everything has to be folded. Everything has to be folded, but you had it folded. (laughs) Little sandwiches. Stonehenge. No, we're not fucking doing Stonehenge. (laughs) Nobody knew where they (laughs) came from. Nobody knew what they were doing. (laughs) It was trod upon. Yeah, my, oh, okay. I, 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 this was what the I think this was the first song that really jumped off this record for me when I when I first listened to it. It's still one of my favorite Van Halen intros, like that thunderclap thing that Eddie does on guitar, which I don't know how a guitarist does like that. That weird, it's so fucking cool, man. And then I actually think I'll, I'll disagree with a little bit with Ryan, um, surprisingly maybe, but I, this is one where I think the production on this album really works for this song because I think if you heavied the drums up on this, I think it would then get a bit muddy. So I quite like it that it's got that. It's that weird tone to it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love this song. And, yeah, Sammy's vocals. Holy shit, man. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of establishing him as one of the elite guys, right? So, yeah. I'd... Power. Number four for me. That, yeah. that howl he does, does it? Does anybody, like, does it remind you of uh, um, Robert Plant in Immigrant Song? That's kind of what I think of. Mm, yeah. That, that howl he does, you know? Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a little turnabout. Scott Everett, what do you think, my friend? Okay. <laughs> uh, everyone started this call saying how weak OU812 is and this one I rank seventh so and I love this song so it's just it this one didn't have the emotional connection I have with the other songs of the album so absolutely nothing wrong with it the band's cooking Sammy's vocals are great just uh, you know emotionally didn't connect with me like some of the other songs did all right folks we're going to wrap it up for uh, this week those are tracks 10 through 6 on our uh, ultimate and the podcast will rock OU812 rankings. Join us next week when we get to the top five songs from this album. But until then, on behalf of our esteemed panel and the one and only Mark Kamire, my name is Corey Marset. And as always, we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Later.